Welcome to episode 370 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast, a podcast about life, if your life is all about parkrun. I'm Simon Mackley and I'm coming to you again from Kondamooka country. And I'm Melissa Ellis and I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country. Hey Mel, how are you? I am good, Simon. This is the first time you're back recording since Ollie has announced he's stepping back considerably from his duty. So I'd like to thank you for agreeing to come on board an extra week of the month. My pleasure. And I was thinking this is probably a good time to take a look at our level two with a view code of conduct. Oh. It's probably due a rewrite. Um, we can probably remove the caramel clause uh-huh. and um, we can't have you talking us down, like complaining that you didn't win the largest front in Kingsland or get equal OB awards. So we need some rules. Okay. We can put them on Ollie's whiteboard now that we don't need all that space for the Shell Harbour references. <laughs> 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 Fair enough. <laughs> so are you on board? I'll get onto it. Okay. I think it needs to go across all of us, not just me though, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel like a bit of the outlier because we've got, you know, you and Toc have a little bit of control in the greatest state, as you call it. <laughs> um, and then obviously the office ladies in New South Wales. So there, there was that sway. But you know how it works. Like I'm in charge and I write it. And then I put it to you and the office lady spell checks it. <laughs> There's a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, of course. Just having a little bit of fun with the current situation as it lies. But anyway, let's um, let's look back on the last episode, which was a biggie. Uh, but we did get some feedback, Simon, and um, one was from Rory Marriott, and he said, looking forward to visiting Ipswich, Queensland in a few weeks' time as RD. Such a shame I missed the birthday. Must remember odd socks, though. And that was, of course, in response to Lyndall's roving report. And it looks like we had something from Tracy Leeper as well, also about Ipswich. So she said, Lindell, uh, Heartbreak Hill at Ipswich is the section of hill that runs from the second marshal up towards Chermside Road and also a segment on Strava, for those of you who may be interested. Oh, good. Good for Lindell to know now where Heartbreak Hill is. And we also had some comments saying nice things in response to Ollie's big announcement. Indeed we did. But anyway, Simon... Uh, we haven't seen you for or heard from you for a couple of weeks. So how was your parkrun day? My parkrun day ended up being plan C, which coincidentally was Chermside, starting with a C. That wasn't part of the plan, but <laughs> a lot of the events in Queensland last weekend, or sorry, in the Brisbane area were flooded out. So I've got a couple left to do in Brisbane City Council. Chermside was one of those, and I've still got Kedron and Zilmere, which I won't be doing Zilmere until much later in the year. Um, So yeah, the course was a little bit flooded. It was a lot of fun with puddles, which I just made sure I ran straight through them, which was a lot of fun. So it was event 393 for them. They had exactly 300 participants and 17 volunteers, and it's on the land of the durable people. Um, So yeah, just north of, um, of Brisbane City. So the previous week, I actually went to one of their neighbouring ones at Ashgrove, which was, um, yeah, it was also a little bit wet. But, um, yeah, we've had a lot of rain of late. But uh, I ran into Tracy in a tutu there. 
And there's been some names on the volunteer roster that were familiar as well, like Erica Liotta was there, but I didn't meet her. I don't know who she is yet. Oh, you've not met Erica. I have not. Hmm. Maybe she'll be at Palm. I don't know. I think she has been at one of our Palms. I remember meeting Erica at one point. Maybe it was Nambor. Probably was, yes. How was your parkrun day, Mel? Yes, I was up at 3.30am for a stupid o'clock drive to the New South Wales town of Korowa, which I have just quickly Googled, is on the lands of the Bangarang people, hope I said that correctly, for Ballpark Parkrun. It was event four, and I did describe the event a few weeks back in episode 367 after it launched. It's one half of one of those twin border towns that are so common along the Murray River, and the course itself follows the edge of the mighty Murray. There were 65 participants and many familiar faces in attendance and I had been surprised on Friday to discover Tok and Jackie also intending to be in attendance. I say intending because only one half of Team O'Connell made it to Parkrun Saturday morning and if you've seen the photo I used for the Consolidated Club report on Sunday, you will know which one it was. It was not Tok. <laughs> <laughs> Tok decided that a trip to Korowa Emergency Department would be more exciting than being part of a front, much to our horror. But I can confirm it did not involve anything being cut off, cut out or repaired. He's all good and very unimpressed about missing Parkrun. I did, however, get to meet and chat to pod listener Mark Hibbard. Mark was surprised to discover I'd be at Ballpark after I'd run with his friend Andrew Blander the previous week at North Wollongong. Mark was in town as his wife was working in the area. Conditions were very warm for the event, which consists of three out and backs, and I was not feeling my usual self. Whether it had anything to do with the early start, the long drive, or the midweek blood donation, I will never know. But I do know that my quads were very unhappy on Sunday, and strangely, I never get soreness in my quads. The course is very pretty and the event team super friendly and there was ample parking and toilets at the start-finish area. But I didn't stay around to enjoy brunch but instead hightailed it home. That sounds like quite the adventure. And I don't know why, I really don't know why I had sore quads because it was an undulating course but they were just really small rises. So I'm not really sure. It was weird. Okay. It was very weird. I'll leave that. Do you know, like, does it affect you when you donate blood? Like, I would think the next day would, but I wouldn't think three or four days later would have an effect. I'll be honest. I haven't given blood in a very long time because I've only recently been allowed to give blood again, having lived in the UK for two years. So I lived there during Mad Cow. I know I now can give blood, but peek behind the curtain. Every time I go and have a blood test, I end up passing out. So probably not a good (laughs) idea. You're a wuss. I am a wuss. I know it's all in my head, but yes, it's something I should do. I know. Yeah, my dad was a very good example. I I can't remember how many times he did it when I was young, but we might have to. Hey, Sam, make a note. We might have to have a blood donation Daz's themed week one week and encourage all our adventurers to go off and donate blood, boost the supplies. But anyway, we are digressing, Simon. Um, What have we got next to talk about? I want to ask you a question. Oh, okay. Last time you were in the parkrun Learjet, did you notice there was a box in there? I get to go in the Learjet. Oh. Do we have one? Of course we do. That's where all the money's going. Yeah, of 
course. <laughs> there was a box, was there? There was a box. There was a there was a box in the Learjet. I have no idea what's in it. Maybe it's coming to Palm. I don't know. Merch. Merch. Mm, the mysterious merch. We'll have to keep our eyes out. Yes, okay. If you see the box, I don't know where it is now. Maybe it's level two with a view. I don't know. But It's probably covered in post-it notes. Hiding in plain sight. <laughs> Maybe it's Ollie's. I don't know. But yeah, mysterious box. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't know. No, no, because mines were on other things, Simon. There's been controversy. More's been happening. No sooner did we talk about all the excitement last week, but there was an open letter from Russ Jeffries. There certainly was. It always seems to come out just after we've recorded. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's intentional. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> Maybe Russ was working on Australian time. I don't know. Uh, right. So, yeah, there was an open letter from Russ. Um, it dispelled a few rumours. It was quite lengthy. It was a lot about you know, he knew he was going to have these challenges when he took over the role. And um, there was a few things that I think sort of went under the radar. Like a lot of talk has been about the – the records and the search functionality and things like that. But there's a couple of things that I've spotted. So obviously the most events list, which you were trying to ascend, <laughs> but one that I think has slipped the radar is Freedom Runs. So Fre yes. Freedom Runs are no longer on there. Tony, did you know about this? <laughs> yeah. I did not. This had not been brought to my attention. I'm quite shocked. I really am. I, I don't see absolutely any reason to get rid of Freedom Runs. Um, much loved. Yeah. People who are travelling around and can't be in a parkrun location on a Saturday enjoy to still do the course and log it as a Frito. Yeah. yeah completely blown away by this fact. Exactly. I mean, obviously, a Frito is on a parkrun course not on a parkrun day, whereas the not parkruns are 5K anywhere, which obviously is less restrictive, but I don't understand the, the reasoning behind that. Maybe that will come out later. Maybe it was tied to something else that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, that was an interesting one for me. So we did get to hear from parkrun anyway. So we've got answers to some vague answers to some of our questions. Mm. And an apology of sorts, I guess. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But there's been more controversy on our doorstep, Simon, and it's quite apt that we've got you with us being our Queenslander, <laughs> Kingslander even, because up in your neck of the woods there has been an event causing controversy. Yes, they have. So, okay, so Yapoon Park Run up on the Capricorn Coast, pretty much on the Tropic of Capricorn. Put in a post, uh, it might have been yesterday, I think it was yesterday, sorry, I think it was Sunday, uh, saying that they were cancelling in protest of the changes that have been made by Parkrun. And that post, Simon, it went viral. It was getting shared all over the place, all the different Parkrun groups, the Australian ones, but then it was going international. It was making big news. It certainly was. It certainly was. So one of the co-EDs was the person that put it up and looks like Parkrun Australia has intervened uh, with that and is offering anyone to, to take on the event this weekend um, to yeah, bring it to the community because there was 
as much acceptance as there was outrage from the um, from the Yapoon park runners. And do we know if they filled their volunteer roster? Good question. I have not. Uh, you keep talking. I'm looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there was a lot of talk on a lot of different groups about um, about this cancellation. It prompted quite a bit of discussion. So I guess time will tell as to whether Yapoon will actually go ahead this weekend or not. Did we find a volunteer roster? They have a full roster. Okay. Oh, aside from first time is welcome, but we all know that anybody on the morning can jump in and do that one. Exactly. So yes. Okay. So the event is going ahead controversial <laughs> so there was a lot of us sitting and talking behind the scenes as that all unfolded as to you know i guess what rights an event director has to take a stance of that nature i guess you say they're using their personal opinion sort of to hold the community to ransom would that be a fair that's a possibility I mean, they may have had a lot of support from their park runners. I, I don't know. We don't really know that from from the post. That's correct. There wasn't a lot of insight as to what led them to the decision, what encouragement they had to make the decision, whether or not the other co-event director was in favour of the decision. There was a lot we didn't know. No, exactly. We just knew that one person was speaking out on behalf of the event making that stand that it was cancelled. I don't believe at any stage it was cancelled officially yep. on the website. It was not showing as a cancellation. So, I mean, what are you doing? Sorry, I was turning my air conditioning off because it's above <laughs> my head. This video isn't a good thing at some point. <laughs> I thought you were indicating secret code no. to me. <laughs> I just didn't want you to hear the beep of the air conditioner turning off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the professionals never have this happen. Oh, I'm sure they do. They have editing, though. <laughs> what are you saying about my editing? No, I leave this in. The public like it. <laughs> <laughs> they laugh at us. Anyway, what were we saying? Get back to the point. Oh, yes. Um, I don't believe it was at any point officially cancelled in the system. And, yes, as you say, Parkrun appeared to take control of the official comms and put a call out for people to help put the event on on Saturday for the community, and that's what happened. Exactly right. So I guess being that the point is that an event director taking that action calls into question their adherence to the code of conduct. Exactly right. Yes, which we all sign when we come on board as uh, event directors and run directors. We sign it, and I'm sure event ambassadors also have a code of conduct. Yep, um, event or all ambassadors. Yeah, so I think I think it's not specifically event. I think it's yeah the yeah all of them. The photographic ones, the um, what are they called? The grand ambassadors write mm. all the grant submissions. Oh, there's all sorts of ambassadors now. Regionals. Yeah, exactly. So it's not unusual for an organisation to have a code of conduct. No, exactly. This is pretty standard for organisations. I mean, I have a very strict code of conduct for my line of work uh -huh. and I have to be very careful what I say in a public forum Yep. for many different reasons. So 
this shouldn't be a surprise, although I guess in this respect people feel they may have more right to comment, being that it's a volunteer position, do you think? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because uh, when you're an employee, your income is on the line. Mm-hmm. So that's probably a motivating factor to toe the corporate line, isn't it? That's true. And the thing is that, like, I haven't signed a code of conduct since I became an ambassador. So that was six or seven years ago. I mean, the code of conduct's changed and things like that. I don't think there's been a change. Um yeah, so it could also be that it is, yeah, it's not something that the run director, event director, whoever has um, has considered when they... They forgot yeah, about exactly. the code of conduct, possibly. I couldn't tell you what was in the code of conduct when I signed it now. Um, yeah. No, but it would be fair to say that when you're involved in any organisation in a hands-on manner that you would assume your organisation would not be favourable to you speaking out against their policy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And we have to be very careful what we say as well (laughs) because I don't want to upset or risk my position either. I'm an event director and so I try to give a balanced opinion so, yeah, Simon, I guess the point is when we all come on board and we all want to be part of this organisation, we do agree to abide by the rules and whether we like them or not, sometimes sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Yep, exactly right. We don't always have to agree, but we, yeah, we have to move forward. Agree to disagree. Exactly. Okay, but anyway, all this uh, stats conversation sparked a discussion with a friend about participation and what encourages or discourages participants who are not confident in their ability at parkrun. And this, I guess, in response to parkrun's claims that the prominence of statistics on event pages are off-putting. And I wanted to bring this to the community, you know, put it up there for discussion and see what people think. But um, I'm aware of multiple people that make sure that they actually wear parkrun shirts and hats when they are at the back of the pack just so that they are included. They do it on purpose. They are sick of being overtaken by tail walkers. Oh, right, okay. So they wear parkrun branded merchandise so it is clear that they are participating. Okay. They're actually thankful for tail walkers who stay around 20 metres behind and don't push them. Uh-huh. So I guess sometimes maybe tail walkers might think that they're being encouraging to say, come on, you can do it, you can go a bit faster, come on, you can jog. But it's actually can be off-putting and I think that's a point to remember yeah. that sometimes some people are maybe for whatever reason they're just doing their very best and they, they don't need encouragement and it, and it could sometimes come across as condescending as well. We all know we've, if you're usually a runner and you're injured and you might be walking, getting somebody who doesn't realise you're usually a runner, trying to encourage you to go faster, it can sometimes make you feel a bit cranky (laughs) Um, and there is an adventurer who won't travel to a park run unless they feel they can manage the time that the tail walker does they check the results of the event when they're touristing and also if they know someone who is a tail walker they will have the confidence to go to a harder event 
and they find out if someone they know is touristing who is around the same speed as them and change their plans to go to that event as well. Or choose an event based on knowing other slower walkers are going to be there as well. And some events are well known to have more walkers and they then become favourite events. Okay. So these are big thoughts for people who are party at the back people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That none of these sort of things are coming up in any of the discussions I've been listening to about what is a barrier to participation. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit more education on tailwalkers and how to best handle that that role yep well we we do have park walker well yeah, i've got a little anecdote on this so i know one of our regular uh, tail walkers at mossman used to ask the people that were near like at the back to say would you like me to walk with you or would you rather i walk further back just because if the person wants someone to talk to they yeah they're offering you know, just to walk with them and, and talk and that sort of thing. But if the person wants to be on their own, then they were very, very happy to walk behind them and, and let them do their thing. That's a good point. So a little bit of education, I guess, a little bit of or research in that aspect might be beneficial because it seems to me that where there are the barriers to participation, it's it's more in that party at the back demographic yeah we're, we're not seeing fast runners getting intimidated about coming to park run no exactly but in none of the conversations that that i'm hearing is it mentioned that statistics put people off and i think we also discussed earlier simon the fact that there's been some discussion about people wanting to go to the larger park runs uh-huh. so that they can sort of be lost in the crowd but I find, in, I think you've indicated the same thing, that people who are perhaps a little bit intimidated about going to a park run, they want to go to small events. Yep, that's my experience as well, is that, yeah, people like to go to a small event because, yeah. Less overwhelming? Exactly. Because some people, it might not be even their capability, it might be being overwhelmed in large crowds. Exactly. Exactly right. When you're new to an environment, there's a lot going on at the start of a park run. There's dogs barking and there's pre-event briefs going on. There's lots of people talking. You don't necessarily know what you're supposed to be doing. So it could be very overwhelming for the senses until you're accustomed to it, until it becomes second nature because you go so often. Yeah, exactly. And then there's different causes that appeal to different people. Like, I mean, people used to not come to Mossman because it's three laps and it has a hill and there's people that like out and backs and things like that. So the people who are coming the first time, yeah, may not know whether they like these sorts of things. So they might try out of the smaller events that have you know, different things that appeal to different people. Anyway, I just thought I would bring that up. Yeah, no, that's good talking point. Very interesting anecdote from someone you know. Hmm. But now, we had no roving reports this week, which allows us the ability to waffle on a little bit longer. (laughs) And we have waffled. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I want to remind the listeners that if you are coming to Palm um, to pop over to the Parker and Adventurers listener meetup page uh, to RSVP to the events. So there's quite a few different events on the page. Um, I actually had a question from someone who said, I don't think that I've registered, um, but it looks like they're following the page. I saw their name on a list of people coming to Palm. Yay. Yeah, so if you're, if you're coming to yeah, any events, any of the, yeah, whether it's the recording, whether it's the actual South Toowoomba um, park run or any of the Fritos and that sort of thing, uh, and plus the Saturday night shenanigans, so RSVP so that we have an idea of the numbers of people coming. And if you've got someone coming with you, make sure you register them as well because... Oh, yeah, don't forget the plus ones. Exactly. So, uh, mm. yeah, if you're bringing someone else here because we want to make sure we have the right size of things and... I'm not leaving anyone behind. Have you got your costume sorted, Simon? Have you thought of a costume? I certainly have. I've been talking <gasps> to Sarah from the West Side about it. She asked me ah. the other day, so I know she's been thinking about it. So, yes, we will see. Ah, secrets. I like it. I thought of one today. I'm very excited. I've got an idea. Oh, good. Because I, I had an initial idea, but I thought it was very general. Okay. And I have felt inspired by the people that really go left field with their costumes. <laughs> Mine's left field as well. <laughs> it's not to the extent of bringing a salad bowl, but I, I just love how you see somebody in their costume and then you try to figure out how they are linked to the theme. That That's the fun thing about Palm. So anyway, yes, I've come up with an idea, which I'm quite chuffed about. But anyway, let's go into Dazza's. And this week, Dazza said, it's Random Acts of Kindness Day and Dazza's Random Act of Kindness is giving you all a free park run and a delicious virtual treat. Come in, place your order and tell us all about your morning. So some of the many comments were. We had Brendan Scholarly who said, M adventured to Batemans Bay Park Run, missing out on her course PB by just four seconds, which could have been attributed to her providing random cheers of encouragement to volunteers and parkrunners alike. And there was a beautiful picture of M in her apricot shirt by the water. And we also heard from Anne Fry coming to us from South Australia. She said, celebrated Mariah Creek Reserve Park Run's first birthday, albeit a week late. Beautiful weather and I really love the course, which helped me to a course and yearly PB. And there was a photo of Anne in a tutu with the selfie frame. Nice work, Anne. And then we heard from Andy Airy from the Netherlands. So he said 39 of the Airy Airways posse at the New Zed in Netherlands. 800 kilometre drive each way for five of the group to complete their first alphabet. Special mention to Avis Noot, who at the age of 85 could be the oldest alphabeteer, plus she did her cow and her 53rd course age grade record, although I can't check this anymore. <laughs> and there was a group photo with the Zweeter Park who given selfie frame. I know I've murdered that. Moving on. <laughs> but I like it and how he said the new Z in the Ned. Oh, that was kind of cool. Yes. 
Yes. Um, and we also heard from Monty Slade in the UK and he said, all go at Hereford Park Run collecting old trainers to recycle. Virtual treat. And there was three emojis, which was fire, a cross and a baguette. So he doesn't want a burnt baguette. <laughs> Virtual treat, no burnt baguette, please, I think. <laughs> but anyway, Monty uh, shared a photo with his thumbs up with the Hereford pop-up. Yeah, I was looking at those emojis and I had no idea what that was. <laughs> So then we heard from Andrew Yeatman from WA. Moorer Park Run 7th birthday run walk paparazzi in the flip-flops. And it was a photo of Andrew and his big lens in the Moorer selfie frame, but not showing his flip-flops. Yeah, so there's no evidence, so we're not giving you that one. Now, we also heard from Callum Burrell, and he said, three out of a front of five were volunteering at Clarence. Lindsay Burrell and Pippa White scanning and Phil Corker on token sorting duties for his 50th volunteering occasion. And there was a photo of Pippa, Lindsay, Phil, Callum and Christine Imbert in her adventurer's shirt. And we also heard from Tracy Leeper. It'll be a large cappuccino to get me through the housework today, thanks, Dazza. Was down to Marshall at Rebel Domain Park Run this morning, but like a number of southeast Queensland park runs, they had to cancel due to the wet weather. And I've taken the opportunity to focus on some of the housework that often gets skipped in favour of park run company and breakfast. And she shared a screenshot showing all of the red ticks appearing on the park run map to indicate all of the cancelled events. And I certainly feel that pain, Tracy. We also heard from Heather Patzel coming to us from the greatest state. She said, Tourist Wimmera River. So beautiful and friendly. And there was a photo of Heather and hubby Daryl in the selfie frame. And FYI, adventurer Kirsty Ganji was also at Wimmera River. And that is in the Victorian town of Horsham and highly rate Wimmera River. It is a beautiful park run. Excellent. And I see that you've stitched me up with Johans. No. Well, okay, I'm going to try this. <laughs> so he said, this morning I was kind to myself and tail walked with Gillian Findlay at, I'm going to say, Toboshany Valley Estate in South Africa. Uh, so that I'm fresh for this afternoon's Discovery Surfers Challenge. I want to know what that was all about. Um, we had a beautiful morning at this scenic event. I missed stepping on a hairy worm, so I guess that was my altruistic deed of the day. And there was a selfie of Johan and Gillian with a pond in the background and some extra photos in the comments. Amazing as always, and including a photo of the hairy worm. Is that a caterpillar? I'm guessing so. <laughs> but see, I didn't think I was stitching you up because I saw the name of that park run and I read it as Tobishane. Tobishane? It could be. And that to me, so in my little head, that sounded like the surname of possibly a cricketer. Okay. Am I correct? In, is there a Tobishane or Tobishane surname? It might be. I, I don't know. I haven't been going to the Big Bash like you. Oh, yes. Yeah, see, I know it. I know it. Anyway, next we heard from Ryan Stoddart, who also was in New South Wales, and he said, spent the last few weeks touristing northern New South Wales to complete the Dizzy Heights Challenge. Ran at the three highest altitude events in Australia, Australian Standing Stones, Armadale and Walker Park Run. Had a good laugh at Walker Park Run when a park runner arrived to park run on his tractor. Not something you see every day. And there was a photo of the pic of the Dizzy Heights Challenge screenshot. Coffee and a Highland coup and Ryan with the selfie frame and the tractor dude. 
Yeah, that was quite funny to see the tractor. And I have an apology, Simon. I've got to make an apology. Apparently, I am incorrect in thinking that Padania is in Queensland. You certainly are. Apparently, it's moved. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> it's New South Wales. always been there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it is actually, it has the best name of a park. The park that it actually starts with, it starts in, is called Field of Dreams Park. So could you imagine if, if Parkrun naming convention before Panania started, it would have been called Field of Dreams Parkrun. I reckon they should change it. <laughs> anyway, I apologise. Got it wrong. Uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong. It's okay. But, Simon, you've got an Obi. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay, hang on. Let me get the camera. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, that reminds me. I didn't post last week's photo. Let me move my big boom. <laughs> Okay, and the Obi goes to. It was Phil Corker. And he didn't actually send in, but it's okay because we don't have rules about things like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, well done, Callum, you got Phil and Obi. He definitely did. So we had some emails. Well, we had an, an email. You've got mail. We had an email from Tracy Wood. So she said, Hi, team. Ever since Abby was an inclusion at the end of each episode, I've been dutifully playing till the very end in the hope that I would hear her again. This morning, I got a delightful surprise to hear Mel's infectious giggles at the segment bloopers from this week's pod instead. I was laughing along with her at the attempt to remember which episode number it was. Please continue this. Thanks so much, Tracy, sometimes in a tutu. (laughs) I wonder how many people actually heard that, my attempts at getting that said last week. Did you listen to the end, Simon? I listened to the end, but I've got to say I did see someone post that there was something at the end. So I always listen to the end. But spoilers. Spoiler, exactly. <laughs> I don't know who posted it, but yeah, I was like, "What's at the end?" <laughs> I got to say, like, I did enjoy having the spoilers at the end in the past, but it got there was a lot of pressure to come up with something every week right. to put in that place, which is why we stopped it. Uh, it was actually sort of at the end of the year, and we came back from Christmas, and we just didn't do it anymore, and that's why it just it became an extra pressure in the week that I didn't need to mm-hmm. come up with an idea of a of a special feature. <laughs> but then last week when um, I had the giggles and I had struggled with my attempts to introduce the pod, I decided that that could be an outtake. It's got to be spontaneous. It shouldn't really be canned, <laughs> should it? No. Anyway, we didn't say who's introducing Rachel, so I shall do that now. And here she is with Club Corner. This is Rachel with Club Corner, where we talk about the what and why of parkrun clubs, and I am coming to you from Aranda Country. Today we are restricted, not in time or speech, rather, what is a restricted parkrun? Some communities who have access to parkrun are segregated from general society, and in the case of parkrun, this is either a custodial or military facility. In either case, there is no attendance at these events without being an existing member of that community, or being, vouched for, by a member of that community. And vouching is not something that's open to anyone that asks. 
so please don't just ping off and start asking restricted events if you can pop along on a Saturday. Parkrun has reported about the success with the lives of people in these segregated communities, by having a part of, quote, normal life, end quote, in their world. For example, prisoners can participate in parkrun and do similar experiences, albeit without the adventuring. I won't dive into the esoterica around course design with restricted space, or ensuring privacy of participant names, when parkrun has public data on their websites. Australia has at least seven restricted events on the books, but have had a further eight open at different times, for different lengths of time. Worldwide there are nearly 50 custodial events active at time of recording. The longest-running custodial event in Australia has had over 150 parkruns, and in the UK there is an event with over 250 parkruns as a time of recording. And remember, in parkrun life, all non-milestone clubs are unofficial and unsupported by parkrun, so stay tuned for our future club corners. And thanks to Rachel for that insight into our custodial or military events. I'm sure a lot of people didn't know that those things actually existed, apart from Pakapanil, of course, that we've heard a few times on the pod. So, yes, that was good to hear from Rachel. Hmm. But, Simon, the Adventurers Consolidated Club report for Saturday, the 17th of February, 2024. Of a total of 558 members, 422 took part on this date in six countries across 202 locations. In the UK, there are adventurers at 31 events. There were four in South Africa, two in the USA and one in the Netherlands. Locally, we had adventurers at... 45 events in the greatest state, mm. 43, events in New- <laughs> 43 events in New South Wales, mm. 30 events, <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> 30 events in Kingsland, 13 events on the west side, 11 in South Australia, 9 in Tassie, 6 on the North Island, 5 in the ACT, 2 on the South Island and none in the Northern Tree. But what was exciting this week, Simon, is the UK came third, the third largest group. Amazing. Pipping Kingsland by one. I see that. I'm guessing there must be a lot of Kingslanders in other states. <laughs> and actually I know that there will be because the greatest state had Taylor Swift on the weekend. Yeah, and a lot of Kingslanders were in Melbourne. Because where did she come? She came to the best place. So where's she going on holidays once she's finished this tour? Kingsland. I don't know. <laughs> but how good is the growth in the UK? Pretty soon. Oh, hang on a minute. What if they get the biggest? That won't be cool. <laughs> <laughs> But we won't mind. Of course not. We might just get cheeky. Their population is a lot larger than ours. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, well, anyway, it's exciting to see the growth. Now, Simon, the International Frond. I would love to talk about the International Frond, which was at Clarence in the UK. So we had four, which was, as we mentioned before, Phil Corker, Pippa White, Christine Imbert, and Callum Burrell. So I'm guessing that Lindsay Burrell is not in our list. No, she volunteered, so she doesn't appear. Of course she did. I take mm. that back. <laughs> so Callum Burrell said <laughs> Lindsay was squealing with joy as she pulled up to Clarence Parkrun when she found out that fellow adventurers Christine Imbert and Pippa White had decided to join us with Phil Corker to make a mini frond into a fully formed frond, completely surprising us all with their appearance there. 
What a kind and wonderful thing to do. I also got to do a perfectly synchronized Zoomy with new parkrun friend Doris. And there was a photo shared by Lindsay that showed the evidence of the Zoomy. Excellent. So the Smiths got pipped this week. Well, they did. Will they come back stronger next week? Tune in <laughs> to find out. But in Australia, the largest frond was at Shell Harbour. But in Moree, there was a frond of eight, which was Brett and Kathy Crispin, Amy Miller, John Poynton, Jan Yates, Sherry Brantman, Debbie Ho and Joanne Lowe. And Kathy Crispin did pop into Dazzers and this is what she said. We had a great time touristing at Moree watching Jan Yates tick off her cow, travelled with Sherry Brantman, Abby, Joanne Lowe, Newly signed up Brett Crispin, finally got him on board, and Debbie and John. Travelling up from Sydney on Friday from Central on the train was an all-new Parkrun Adventurers experience. We had a lovely time with the super lovely Moray Parkrun locals and a lovely Parkrun faff at breakfast talking all things, including Highland Coos. Not entirely sure what my RAK, Random Act of Kindness, was today. Maybe joining this lovely crew to have a great frond touristing. Thanks for the free Parkrun This Week Dazza and the virtual treat was delicious. And the photos showed the group all wearing black milestone shirts with the Maury selfie frame. Excellent. Sounds like quite the adventure. Yes, and there, I should say there was actually 10 adventures at Shell Harbour. But, yeah, Maureen, more Maureen, Maureen had eight. Which is pretty good for a tiny little town in northern New South Wales. Maybe it's not so tiny. Mel, we had no launches this week. I know. Nowhere around the world. Hmm. So quiet. We have a Z two weeks ago and then we have none. None. Jeez. Maybe they're saving them up for next week, Simon. Maybe they are. So we had one adventurer PB this week, and that was the famous Jack Corkle, who is A3813386. He ran a PB at Goulburn in 17 minutes and 57 seconds. Why is he famous? Well, because he's been on the pod. Like oh. <laughs> his name, him and Claire, their name. <laughs> yes, our corkles. We miss our corkles. Haven't seen them for a while. Are they coming to Palm? Don't know. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, Adventure in Milestones. We had Sheridan Davis, A628-0560, and they ran their 50th milestone, and I didn't look up where it was. Bugger. Sorry, Sheridan. I'm sure she will uh, forgive you for that. So just remember, adventurers, if you would like us to track your achievements, you could add the Adventurers Club as one of your five affiliated clubs in your Parkrun profile. You can also check out www.theinformant.me for all of the stats. That is correct. Now, looking forward, Simon, we don't have anything written down. You were mentioning something about cues. Are you going into a discussion about that? Oh, I'm trying to, trying for, I think this will be the fourth time I've tried to get to Queen Elizabeth Casino. Uh, each time I have been thwarted. So I'm um, trying to, uh, to get there in two weeks' time. Oh. And if not, it'll be in three weeks' time. Well, that's something to look forward to. It is indeed. Now, I've just looked up Sheridan Davis. She ran at North Lakes Park Run. I do not know where that is. I can tell you that is on the north side of Brisbane. Ah, Kingsland. Yes, I was there a couple of weeks ago. 
There you go. And there was four adventurers there as well, Sam, Ilsley, Warren Williams and Janice Whittle. So shout out to those adventurers. There you go. Where are you going next park run day, Mel? Funny story, I had to actually check in and ask Sarah from the West Side where I was going to be next week because oh. I didn't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> and that is because I'm heading west to South Australia to be with Sarah Jefferson and we're doing Rainella East, she reliably informs me. Is that in Adelaide or is it out of Adelaide? Oh, it's in the Adelaide vicinity somewhere, one of those sort of... Adelaide adjacent? Yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, and it, it's possibly a Wilson number for both of us. Oh, okay. Sarah does her research. <laughs> of course she does. As a teacher. <laughs> she is the best planner. She is the best planner. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to be going. And I'm staying two nights. Usually I only go, well, I shouldn't say usually. Quite often I will only travel overnight. Yep. But this is a two-night stay and off to Thornton Juniors as well. <gasps> Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be good. Are you meeting up with other adventurers at uh, Thornton Juniors? Uh, I do not know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> But what about you, Simon? Um, have you got a plan, uh, A, B or C? I do have a plan of A, B and C. So I don't know which of them I'm going to get to because it will be weather dependent. Saturday is looking rainy again. Um, so, yeah, it looks like we've got a rainy week in Brisbane again. So I am going to either go to Greenbank, uh, Kedron, or I may slip down to the Gold Coast and do Paradise Point, which is my Nendi. Oh, nice work. Hey, I've just noticed you're wearing some old-school parkrun T-shirt. I am. Shout out to Mr. Mark Brocklehurst, who sent this across with one of our good friends, who, uh, yeah, so he sent this over. What, recently? Uh, probably a year and a half ago. Wow. And describe what it is, please. Well, it is one of the Adidas uh, 50 shirts. So it's actually one of the UK Adidas uh, 50 shirts. So it's a, I think it's a much nicer red than the than the Tribe Sport one that I originally had. Um, but yeah, it's in very, very good condition. So I'm very appreciative to Brockers for sending that over. And it's got the Adidas white stripes on the sleeves. It does. The Parkrun logo. Does it have a 50 on the back? It does. Turn around. It does have a 50 on the back. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. And then parkrun.com up here. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is great for an audio medium. I know. Awesome for a podcast. <laughs> but that filled a couple of minutes. <laughs> so good work. And thank you for showing that off. No problem. <laughs> Alrighty, as always, you can contact us via Parkrun Adventurers on Facebook or our email, which is parkrunadventurers at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me again this week, Simon. See you in a month. That's it for another week, and we'll see you all next week for more adventures.
Hey Mel, it's Sarah from the West Side. Remember, we're checking out Stephen Heath Park Run this weekend, not Rainella East. That will have to be for another time. So we're ticking off event 244 because it's a Wilson number for both of us. Hope to see you there. Hopefully you don't go to the wrong park run.